0: Green is good. Red is bad. My followers get $20 off their first ticket purchase using my code INJUREDLISTPOD. Click on the link in the show notes and browse for your favorite events. Your next big night ever is waiting, and
1: they have the tickets. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess?
2: Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually.
1: Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting.
3: Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
1: I never win and tell.
3: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: The Injured List Podcast is a proud member of the Blue Wire Hustle Program, which is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Community. Today's episode is brought to you by DB. DB is a Scandinavian brand that makes backpacks and bags to help people in the move stay ready for anything. From the streets to the peaks, DB's gear is travel tested by some of the world's best athletes, adventurers, and creators. Over the past decade, DB has designed and developed, released and refined the best bags in the market. With DB's patented hookup system, you are able to attach smaller products to your backpack roller or tote. I used to travel a lot during my athletic training days, and there's nothing more important than having the right luggage and gear. We are teaming up with DB to exclusively offer our listeners 10% off your next purchase by using the code POD10, that's P-O-D-1-0, or going to the link in our show notes. DB, it's time to move on. It's time to get going.
3: Welcome to the Injured List Podcast.
2: Dodger Stadium, June 23rd.
3: Bellinger rifles a foul just beyond the protective netting. Reading his lips, Cody said, "Smoked in the face." No. Yes. Yeah, Thirteen-year-old no. Caitlin Salazar seriously injured. A disaster at a baseball game in Florida.
4: A batter hit a foul ball. It then struck a woman in the stands, and the ball apparently sailed through a tiny opening in the protective netting. ABC's Marcy Gonzalez is here with the story. Hi, Marcy. Good morning, guys. Fans sitting behind that netting thought they were protected, but a gap barely bigger than a baseball created this unforeseen danger for that woman, and this morning she is recovering after taking a hit right to the
1: Now to the shocking scene at a ballpark last night. A foul ball hitting a little girl during a game in Houston. The Cubs batter in tears. The stadium shaken. ABC's Lindsey Davis
3: has the latest. What was supposed to be a fun night at the ballpark all changed in an instant for one family last night when a foul ball sailed into the stands hard and fast. Yep. I mean, you've got some guys that everybody's high on down there. And that one went sizzling yeah. off into the stands. The stadium eerily silent after a young girl was struck by a line drive hit by Chicago's Albert Almora Jr. Houston fans and players visibly shaken. She has associated bleeding, bruising and swelling and experienced a seizure while being hospitalized.
4: When a Pittsburgh Pirates batter slammed a foul ball into his face. The pain excruciating.
3: Fan
1: at Dodger Stadium hit in the head by a foul ball, raising safety questions about extended netting.
0: Foul Ball Safety Now is a campaign started by Jordan Scop, a Brooklyn realtor, lifelong baseball fan, and author of a forthcoming book about the wildly overlooked scandal in the professional baseball industry. The all-too-frequent incidents of fans being maimed by dangerous foul balls due to the lack of extended protective netting and related failures to educate fans about their assumed risk at the ball game, We're happy to have Jordan on the podcast today to discuss this very important topic and to give us some historical facts about the nature of this problem that's been going on in the major leagues for quite some time. Jordan, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks, Brian, for having me on. Uh, just a long, long time baseball fan and always was aware that balls are coming into the seats at high speeds and uh, had some experiences being close up at some games when there were no sober dugouts. And I realized that it wasn't a comfortable place to be. I was wondering how people could do this all the time. Another time I was at a baseball game in around 15 years ago with a group of people, and we were outside a minor league stadium and the ball came outside onto the street and hit a young person we were with in the arm. And I thought that was pretty weird having no, no notice at all of balls randomly coming out onto the street. Same ballpark. I know somebody who was there a little over a month ago had the same situation. They, they witnessed also a ball flying out and hitting somebody or coming close to hitting somebody. So, um, yeah, it's just an issue that it's, it's been on my mind. Um, so I got involved, you know, really around two years ago at this time when it was shortly after a little girl who got hurt in Houston, um, the baby who got hurt by the speeding foul ball. And unfortunately, she was sitting with her family past the end of dugouts. And I tried to get a little sense of what was the past history of baseball taking steps to put nets up at Major League ballparks. And it kind of led me to where we are today, sort of being up in arms like I can't believe that this has been going on for over a hundred years that nobody has really recognized this problem has really made a big stink about it and gotten anything really done. And I feel like the state of the union in major league baseball and minor league baseball still is in shambles.
0: And it's been 50 years since a fan was actually killed back in the seventies. And since Mm -hmm. that time, major league baseball really hasn't done anything aside from putting up maybe some small placards And small posters saying, hey, be aware of foul balls and bats being, you know, potentially thrown into the crowd. But other than that, I mean, what have they done until recently? Really
2: nothing, right? Well, you know, it took about 45 years. I have a video on my website in 2014, what it looks like where there's no nets over dugouts um, and the ball goes in between these two guys. Uh, Shortly after that, a year or two later in 2015, 2016, Nets started going up above the dugouts. Um, But unfortunately, even in Peoria, Illinois today, which is one of the affiliates of the St. Louis Cardinals, I actually had to rent an airplane to make a statement because there was no netting over the dugouts. So that same uh, video that's on the website of the ball going in between the two guys can clearly happen in Peoria today. Maybe the Nets are up by now, but they said, they gave me some lame excuse that the Nets were on order, but I, how they would be allowed to open up the doors where if not all minor league and major league stadiums at this stage of the game do have Nets above the dugout um, right. and how they sort of flew under the radar and were allowed to continue operating without it uh, for the last five, six, seven years. Well, that's a, that's a big question. That's a- why that- I made my statement.
0: And it wasn't even until 2019 after, and maybe this was the one you were referencing where that young, a two-year-old had a skull fracture and brain bleed only after that, did they finally uh, all 30 MLB stadiums put up netting and only to the end of the dugout. It was only after like 12 days later that another fan got hit in Chicago that they then, and, and this is only the white Sox at the time, extended Mm -hmm. the netting all the way to the foul pole. Since then, has any other stadium extended the netting all the way to the foul pole, as far as you know?
2: Yeah, I mean, some have, and, and um, I, I, don't know, I, know the, I don't know the full count. Right. Nets all the way down to the foul pole. Um, but, you know, it's really stadium by stadium, and it's piecemeal, and there's no uniform standard for each ballpark, meaning each ballpark needs to have their own independent architect Or not necessarily independent architect, each ballpark is 120 minor league ballparks and 30 major league ballparks. They need an independent body, sort of like a regulatory agency, to come in and tell us where the nets need to go. Mrs. Gogolom, who was killed at the Dodger game in 2018, yes, killed from with a ball that struck behind home plate. Yeah, and the Dodgers took about one year and they did elevate the nets. Uh, to a certain height and maybe those 93 mile an hour balls that struck Mrs. Gobel won't happen again at Dodger stadium. But what about the other 29 major league ballparks? And what about the minor league ballparks where I did my own telephone survey mm-hmm. at the beginning of this year and found out that at least 42 ballparks out of the nearly 100 ballparks that I spoke with still had no nets past the dugouts. And we know that little girl in Houston in 2019. Yeah was really seriously injured That's insane. At the end of the that, yeah.
0: that, that boggles my mind because not only it's not, and and you make a great point about getting an independent body in there with people who know the physics behind it all, because there was another, one of the other videos on your website actually showed a, a woman who was struck, who was sitting behind the netting because there was a hole in the net and the ball happened to squeeze its way through. So, I mean, there has to be somebody to look and say, well, this netting is sufficient. This netting is not sufficient who's going to maintain this stuff, who's going to check regularly for holes or defects in the netting. So there's a whole other slew of issues that even with the netting, you still have to address, right? I mean, it's not like as simple as just put up a net and hope for the best.
2: Well, I would think so. And maybe that independent netting council, part of this regulatory agency, which may not exist as of yet, will be part of this maintenance uh, follow-up to make sure that there's no gaps, there's no holes, uh, there's no room for a ball to get through and ricochet and possibly hurt someone. Um, you know, sometimes I'm watching television, and it looks like there's a gap for the TV camera to get in there without nets. And I'm wondering, well, can the ball squeeze through there? And I'm not the only one who can interpret this. It's, it's really the eyes of the TV viewer. I'm not in a position or have the resources to make this my, you know, full-time job. deserves full-time awareness and, and, and oversight, for sure. Yeah, and
0: you know who has the time and money to do that, right? MLB. Yeah. They just choose not yeah. to.
2: So, yeah. uh,
0: you know, really um, interesting stuff here, and it goes often overlooked because everyone's focused on the game. They're focused on the athletes, but nobody really pays attention until something really bad happens to somebody you know or a family member, God forbid. So now, historically speaking, I think a lot of the stadiums back in the day, and I'm talking way back in the day, a mm-hmm. lot of the fields were much bigger. The fans sat way further away from the, from the batter's box and whatnot, and even from the foul lines. So I guess with the alterations to the more modern stadiums these days, fans are even closer and more on top of the action than they've ever been. And for MLB to not take any action is crazy. I, I do have to give a shout out to the NHL because I feel like they addressed the hockey puck going over the goal and over the boards issue much more adequately than MLB, although you could probably make the case that the NHL probably took too long to do it too. But, you know, I've been to games. I've seen them on TV. The netting seems to be very good in the NHL arenas, and it looks like it's league-wide, and it it looks well done. It doesn't distract you from the game. It doesn't prevent your, your viewing capability. I don't understand why the, the apprehension and the delay and just them dragging their feet with this in baseball is it just, it's mind boggling. Yeah. So you have yeah. a, um, uh, sorry to cut you off, but you ha- I want to make sure everybody is aware of this. You have a petition sure. on your website mm-hmm. and explain that a little bit. What's in it. What happens when we sign it and where does it go? What are what are your plans with that?
2: Yes. Um, and, and just to clarify on the NHL, yeah. um, I, I, I did put a couple of pages in there in my book. Okay. Um, and, and I do feel like uh, NHL did react pretty quickly, but I did speak to a couple of netting companies. One in particular who told me that minor league hockey is still a, a little bit of a Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't give NHL all that credit until an independent survey was done sure. on the NHL. And I don't know if fans are getting still, Hit with pucks behind yeah. the net. Well, I'm
0: sure. I mean, um, if, I'm sure they are because it's it's an inevitable thing of the game. I mean, there's deflections. Yeah, all the time. I mean, there's yeah. some
2: of these smaller arenas with his minor league hockey. Oh, sure. I don't really know. It's not my area, but I do believe that um, the NHL did it in a reactionary way, and yeah, it did get jo- the job did get done on the NHL level. I have serious injuries since that little girl was hit and, and, and killed in 2002 in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. So that's good on that front. Right. But uh, the petition is all about getting people involved and, and getting people to to study the website for a few minutes, get a sense that all I'm doing is I'm putting into context information that's already out there. So whatever city you may be listening in, um, a lawyer had called me from Trenton, New Jersey recently, because uh, he has a plaintiff, a client that may be a plaintiff in a case. And and we just did a little bit of a background and did a little search on Trenton and some history of foul ball issues at Trenton. And we found quotes from PR people from Trenton, the Trenton baseball team, um, that, that said certain things in 10 years ago and, and six years ago. And we thought this was helpful for the lawyer uh, looking into the case for their client. It's almost like a pattern of, well, it hasn't happened yet, so what? why worry? And that's basically what Major League Baseball is in regards to uh, injuries and deaths. Um, you know, Mrs. Goldblum's injury, it, it, it hurt, her, when she was hit with that ball at Dodger Stadium, it wasn't disclosed until like six months later oh, on, to the general public. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so it's like... Um, you know, the news behind that was ironic that the the, the daughter, Jana Brody, who's the daughter of Linda Goldblum, uh, was searching, you know, going through grieving and, and, and searching for, you know, the situation, doing research on foul balls. And she found that an ESPN reporter only reported one death over the last 50 years. And she was like, where's my mom? How come she's not in that report? And she contacted the ESPN guy. But the petition is really all about people call to action. There's two petitions there. There's one to get people to sign away, sign a signature and say, we demand nets. So I can get it to Manford and let him know that the fans are concerned. Uh, The other petition is there to repeal the baseball rule. Because baseball is not motivated to to get any sort of uh, independent, uh, you know, blanket netting standards throughout all of Major League and Minor League Baseball because they're, they're not there's no incentive. They can continue maiming people. They can continue allowing people to come to the minor league games and not worry about being sued if somebody gets killed. And there's no incentive for them to do it. But if we sign a petition that says, let's repeal the baseball rule, um, maybe there could be an act of Congress. It could sort of be, I could do something with this. I could say, hey, all these people have signed, please. So you're saying the,
0: the, the legality behind it, meaning when you speak about the baseball rule, you're talking about the legality behind them, them being yeah, shown responsibility?
2: To, yeah, I, with this baseball rule, there's no incentive to, for them to do it. They they react. They put a net up there. Um, a, a couple of weeks ago, if, you, if everyone Googles uh, L.A. Dodger fan, just got a black eye in Stitches. At, at, uh, uh, at a San Francisco Giant Dodger game, foul ball off of the bat of Justin Turner. Um, that's, that's a very recent one from a few weeks ago. Um, I don't know if we're even getting all the data because of the minor leagues, and there's not enough media covering that. I mean oh, there's, yeah, there's, there's probably studies. there's
0: very little national media coverage on that stuff. It's more local, if anything. Yeah, yeah.
2: There's, there's very little data on the minor leagues. Uh, there is some data. That's very compelling from the major leagues from the 2012 to 2019 period that implied 4,500 injuries. I'm not saying all of them were busted faces and,
0: cr- and crushed mean, but goals. It doesn't have to be. But I mean,
2: no. <laughs> yeah. They reported the first day with a baseball related injury. Yeah,
0: and that's significant enough. I mean, and and that, what does that equate to? Like uh, somebody getting hurt like every week? I mean, what, is that, what does that actually well, statistically mean, come yeah, out to? So that's got to be that, concerning.
2: Yeah, it is. It is concerning. And and in 2019, even though it may not seem like a lot, 15 people maimed in a 26 and a half week season. That is once a week and once every other week. Yeah, that's,
0: that's significant.
2: And, and that's somebody really receiving serious medical attention. Right. And not for a bruised finger. Right. This is for a head injury. And that's happening on the major league level. So, if the street times many more games in the minor leagues, you know what do we be 45? 40 to 45 head injuries yeah. in one season? That's nuts. I mean, that's that's, that's ridiculous.
0: Uh, that's more than any of the players would ever get any type of head injuries. I mean, you probably don't even see the players getting that many right. head injuries. Right, right. So listen, you know, I saw a a, a a documentary not long ago, maybe a few years ago, and it was talking about Japanese baseball. And right. in Japan, and I, I know you're aware of this, but maybe you yeah. can talk speak to this a little bit more. They literally have ushers that basically roam the, the, the bleachers and the seats looking for anybody who may have been injured from a foul ball. They have netting all over the place. They even give helmets and protective helmets and gloves to fans who are in areas where there's a high risk of a foul ball coming through. I, I wonder, have you looked into that and spoken with anybody involved in the Japanese baseball leagues or anybody who has any familiarity with that to see how they were able to institute that and if that's something that we may be able to do here?
2: Yeah, so HBO a couple years ago had a thing on on balls flying at plexiglass at 100 miles per hour combined with a feature that that included the way it's working in Japan. So there are a few seats they call the excitement seats. So they, they allow you, probably not allowed to bring your child, but they allow a consenting adult to go to a section, wear a helmet, they give you a glove, and if you want to, you know, flirt with 100-mile-an-hour balls, they wish you good luck. But they also are outside when it comes to communication. They're not internalizing any of this information that, they, that would be helpful for fans. They're showing animation on the scoreboard. They're even, they're even showing a cartoon of an ambulance carrying off a baseball fan for getting hit with a ball. They're, they do have paid employees blowing whistles when balls come close to your section, warning you in advance. Here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. Yeah. But they do have nets, unlike they do in America. They have nets. Nobody's getting rudely hit like that little girl in 2019 with a ball that reaches a fan in split second. Yeah. But in America, unfortunately, the status quo, the State of the Union is still horrible. And yeah, but- certainly in the minor leagues where... You know, case by case, I know at least 42 stadiums that don't have netting past the dugouts. In in the major leagues, I can't tell you and speak of exactly how far and high the nets go. But like I said, the only way we'll know is not watching my TV. It's to have this independent netting council, a regulatory agency that comes in and does the deal and tells us all, they can, you know, this is what we found out. and This is what we need to talk about. And this is what can continue to be status quo. And this is what we need to address. And at the end of the day, maybe they could actually hang a sign up in every one of the major league and minor league ballparks that say something like this ballpark is maiming free. Have a nice day. Yeah. You know, and something that You don't have to be surprised. I believe growing families, when they realize they could have been part of a weekly or a biweekly statistic, they're going to have their epiphany of outrage and they're going to get upset as they should because they'll realize that their growing families are at risk every single time they had gone to those games, not being aware of how often frequent these things are going
0: on. Yeah. And I, you know, I hate the argument when people say, oh, well, you know, you know what you're getting yourself into when you're going to the game and yada, yada, yada. But, you know, I don't think people really understand because unless you have been exposed to that skill level of baseball, I don't think it's impossible to really understand and be able to react to the amount of velocity that these baseballs are coming in to gauge where they're going to land, how they're going to bounce off objects, in front of you. So yes, you could tell people to, to you know, until you turn blue in the face, hey, be careful of a foul ball, be careful of a batted bat. But that doesn't mean that they're going to be able to avoid it. And if you don't give them any additional measures to protect themselves, like simple things like we talked about, like netting somebody in the area who's got a whistle that can just alert you, um, a glove in your hand just to protect you, then, you know, it's it's easier said than done. I mean, it it to say oh well you know what your the risks are just keep your eyes on the ball and pay attention but there people are not uh athletic people are not don't have the eye hand eye coordination to be able to protect themselves when you have a baseball a projectile coming at you sometimes sometimes over 100 miles an hour it's a split second it really is and sometimes they're no further away or even closer than the pitcher is to the plate so you know i just don't get that argument i
2: i hate i don't even want to bring it up Well, that's absolutely right. And in regards to that, management perpetuates this as well, saying things like, our fans are telling us they don't want nets. Uh, The the fans want to watch the games without nets. At the same time, they're knowing the risks that fans really have never, ever learned about. And they would have learned about this 50 years ago after the young man, Alan Fisher, died at Dodger Stadium. They would have found out long ago. This happens all the time. So baseball's having a dishonest communication with their fan base uh, by saying things like our fans are calling us, saying they don't want nets. And they're also saying to the families, you need to watch your children. Um, How are fans going to watch their children when a a former third baseman by the name of Omar, uh, by uh, Nomar Garcia-Para would be all nervous about Telling fans in the seats to have the father switch seats with the son, knowing because they wanted the father closer to the son, uh, father closer to the field rather than the son. They know you can't get out of the way right. of the ball, yeah. They and know. they take it upon themselves sometimes because they're nervous for their fans right. uh, to get hurt. And they knew this years ago. There was a coach, Mike kuba who died. The reason why the coaches are wearing the helmets in the majors and the minors. Mm-hmm. There was a little bit of a proactive movement on MLB. The coach got killed, unfortunately, in 2008. And then the following season, all majors and minor league coaches were wearing helmets. Mm -hmm. He got hit in the neck, but whatever. They're wearing the helmets. Uh, He got hit in the neck, supposedly instantly died. He was warning his own family 15 years prior when he was a baseball player, like in the 1970s, 1980s. When Mm -hmm. he was a player, he would warn his own wife Sit behind the nets. Yeah, anyone inside the game knew the risks. Right? How ironic—he became a coach, and he was the one who was killed. And he used to, yeah. I have I have quotes from him, obviously taken when he was alive, talking about how he wanted his wife and family to sit behind nets.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, I mean, everybody on the inside of the game knows the risks, and they understand, like we, like I just talked about, that the fans aren't able to protect themselves. And, you know, you're going to the game, you're wanting to relax and enjoy it. Your kids are there. It's a dream come true for some of them to be at a game. It's some for some people, it's a it's a bonding experience with their children and family members. You know, the last thing you should have to do is worry about a projectile being hurled at you, uh, you know, over hundred miles and potentially doing some serious bodily harm.
3: This is the Injured List Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Are you interested in being a guest on the show? Or do you know someone who would make a good guest? Want Brian Scott to be on your show? If so, share the podcast with your friends. Or drop us a line and we will get back to you right away. Email us at theinjuredlist411 at gmail.com or visit our website at www.TheInjuredList.com.
4: When your business is starting its championship run, nothing matters more than finding and hiring the best team. With Indeed, you have the power to build a dynasty by hiring more MVPs faster. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through March 31st. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applicants that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. No matter how the last game went, anytime you take the field, you got a shot at greatness. Give your team the best shot at winning by recruiting more MVPs with Indeed. Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: I love that. That is the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify is a platform designed for anyone to sell anywhere, giving entrepreneurs like me the resources that were once reserved for big business, and it's customized to your needs. You get a great looking online store that really helps bring your ideas to life and tools to manage the day-to-day and drive sales. And I'm speaking about this from experience. I'm really passionate about bass fishing. And a little over five years ago, I started an e-commerce bass fishing brand with my best friend, Aaron, called Woo Tungsten. Actually, it's pronounced Tungsten, W-O-O exclamation mark, because that's the sound you make when you catch a giant bass. And it was a no-brainer to do this on Shopify because they've made it so easy every step of the way, from creating product listings, to making discount codes, to managing shipments. In fact, if you want to see what an e-commerce store looks like on Shopify, go to tungsten.com and you can see. And it's no wonder that every 28 seconds, a small business owner makes their first sale on Shopify. You can get started by building and customizing your online store with no coding or design experience, and you can gain knowledge and confidence with extensive resources to help you succeed. Plus, with 24-7 support, you're never alone. It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Go to Shopify.com slash BlueWire, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial, and you'll get access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Start selling on Shopify today, just like me, just like Wu Tungsten, by going to Shopify.com slash BlueWire right now. That's Shopify.com slash BlueWire.
0: Jordan, who are are you are you working with anybody else on this? Are you partnering up with anybody else on this um, to try and help get this movement even more um, momentum?
2: Well, yeah. Well, other than some part-timers and outreach letters, uh, it's really just me. I mean, anyone who's got some some money and wants to help me make some statements and rent some airplanes and fly banners over stadiums, love to hear from you at foulballsafetynow.com. It's really just all about bringing the epiphany of outrage. So I welcome any conversation. Welcome to talk to me on or off the record about your injury, and and hopefully I can provide you a platform to, to voice your concern. Everyone who's been hurt by foul balls, the people that I've connected to, they're bitter, justifiably so. They haven't gotten bills paid for. They haven't received any sincere apology. I don't think an apology would be accepted because apologies are usually taken or accepted when the people receiving them realize it would be the last person that it would happen to because then then it sort of wouldn't be genuine. They haven't received. They haven't received. They're just bitter and they're justifiably bitter. They're not watching baseball on TV anymore or going have you been in touch, you've been in touch with a lot of these people for your book,
0: I take it, and have you kept in touch with some of them and kind of been updated on what the status is of any of these lawsuits or anything like that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been in touch with a handful of folks um, and people continue to find me a foul ball safety now, but people are not watching baseball anymore. People who have been hurt, they, 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 they feel bitter towards the game. They haven't received any real acknowledgement. Of their of their injury from clubs, for the most part, they haven't received compensation for their injuries. They're no longer watching the game, and they're telling their children not to play little league baseball. They just want nothing to do with the game. They and and these people need to be welcomed back to the game. And the only way they would be genuinely uh, feeling like coming back to the game is if they receive genuine uh, genuine response from MLB, nice and that would be past tense and present tense, you know, with with um, with good intentions.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I couldn't agree more. And um, a lot of the stuff that we talked about uh, is in your book. And um, is, is your book out yet or is it being released? What's the story with your book?
2: So the book keeps coming and it keeps coming and growing. So um, we believe if we had an audience to release it to today, um, and, and people were ready to take this in. All I'm doing, guys, is taking all this content that you can find on your own, plus some interviews and perspective of people that have been injured, baseball, a few baseball announcers, a few minor league players, and all of this is telling the story that nobody in the media has told effectively. People have given me some nice coverage, some but it's all about a summary. It's not about an extended report. It's all about a summary, nothing in great detail. I'm still waiting for that New York Times or that Sports Illustrated report that really covers all of this. It's not only the baseball players that know this forever. It's also the broadcasters and the baseball writers. And none of the baseball writers have had the real, have had the the courage at this stage of the game to put together a real opportunity for all of us to have this epiphany of outrage. Um, and I'm, I'm, just, I'm sorry that they've missed the boat. Yeah. And they continue to take the check. They don't want to bite the hand that feeds them, broadcasters, baseball writers, and baseball players. And nobody should be celebrated you know- until all these people that have been hurt can tell their story and feel like coming back to baseball, back to baseball. They don't know we turned the corner then we could start feeling like all right let's put this behind us yeah and
0: you know it's it's really ironic there's been i feel like there's been a lot of pitchers that have been hit by some r- s- super fast line drives in the last couple of years there was that one scary incident i believe in the minor leagues or one of the international players who was hit and basically started convulsing on the pitcher's mound. And then just a, about a week ago, there was a pitcher, Chris Bassett, on the A's who got smacked with a line drive right in the face um, and took basically almost had a serious eye injury. Uh, luckily, it looks like he's going to be OK. But, you know, when you see that happen and you these are athletes who have the fastest reaction times, who are protected with gloves and, you know, other things in place to help them. But and you see MLB, you know, looking at doing things like backing up the pitcher's mound and all these other things. Right. But yet not even a hint of anything that they're going to do for the fan. And that that's what really bothers me the most, because baseball's been around for so long. It's always been about the fans. They're the ones that pay all these ridiculous mm-hmm. salaries. So, you know, I'm all for your your uh, campaign here. I hope everybody will jump on board and sign your petition, take, a, you know, I, I think you need to get your book out there. I hope you do, and I'll be pulling I for will. you. And uh, I'll, I'm, I'm hoping I'll you'll send coming, us a copy over here.
2: Soon.
0: Yes, absolutely.
2: <laughs> and um, I'm not sure how it's going to be released, but I'll certainly keep you in the loop, in okay. the audience. So I really appreciate that. Anyone who's interested, you know, please go to foulballsafetynow.com, and is uh, you could you could look at the Facebook and the other stuff and the Twitter. Yeah, and you can message me, and and we can talk. Like I said, honor off the record, uh, fans have gotten the raw deal for a long, long time. Oh, yeah, for sure Paul hasn't felt it in the bottom line. So I want them to feel it. And certainly this this topic is certainly going to be highlighted. Uh, unfortunately, it's, it's, it's me that's bringing it, and nobody in journalism has brought this to you sooner. But I'm going to make it in a presentable way where I think everyone will get it. And, and
0: they'll appreciate it and how I'm putting it out there. So, Well, no, I appreciate your time, and I, I think it's a really good cause. I'm, I'm happy to have you on the show, and I appreciate you uh, filling in our listeners with this really important topic and giving us some statistics and examples of just the severity and the frequency with which this is happening because I don't think people really understand. And if you go to his website, foulballsafetynow.com, there's a bunch of testimonials, videos, that give some really compelling and disturbing evidence and examples of just the, the the sheer impact that this can have on fans who are just out there to enjoy the game. So I encourage you guys to check that out and contact Jordan if you're willing to help out, or if you have any questions, Jordan, uh, any big projects coming up aside from the book, you have any other things coming up in the works here? I know you did something, I think with the game at the field of dreams game over there in Iowa. Did you have something going on during that?
2: Well, yes. Thanks for asking me. So, the Field of Dreams game. We did a plane flyover. Uh, uh, so that 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 did, we did what we had to do for that experience. Mm-hmm. And um, I I do plan on possibly bringing this conversation to Iowa as well. Okay, I've talked to some really nice folks over there, and I'm hoping next year's game isn't all about the fantasy, about the Field of Dreams. Yeah, and it's more of like a w- a wake up call for for all those folks attending the game will be much more informed at that point at that uh, point in time about the, the the history of foul balls. So yeah. so that's the that was the purpose of that but the people were very nice in Iowa and I feel like I can sponsor some breakfasts or go on some national public radio Iowa and talk more about it and get more support. So like I welcome anyone who wants to have a conversation with me, talk about it, come to foulballsafetynow.com plenty of work that needs to be done and I'm going to continue doing what I need to do, make some statements, plane flyovers and whatever I can do to, to keep this going. And
0: And I hope, you know, I know Jeremy Schapp did a thing and it's on some part of that video is on your website and hope, you know, I don't know, hopefully he'll reach out to you and get you on there and maybe they'll do a follow up to his video from a couple of years ago. I think that would be a good idea. They did that
2: segment. They did a good segment, but they probably got a lot of flack from MLB for doing it. But it really hasn't been promoted, so I believe it's in line with the philosophy that I'm trying to do with foul ball safety now. But they're not really giving it the coverage it deserves, like national cover, like a like a like a, a national forum. Um, so it had traffic, it had views, it had comments a long, long time ago, but it certainly hasn't in the last, um, you know, year year and a half.
0: Yeah, maybe they should be playing the, that video before every game. What's that? <laughs> I said maybe they should use that as the warning video before every game uh, and play it in the clubhouse so that the uh, administration and management and the organization can see it too. Not just the fans, but scary stuff and uh, important stuff. So Jordan. Yeah, I wanna... Well,
2: I'm promoting it. I'm promoting it online now Yeah, good. because uh, they're not promoting it anymore, yeah. but I am because I felt like it was a quality production yep. and I feel like it needs to see. It's a five minute piece. It's on the website, the ESPN piece. Everyone should check it out. It, it's, it's graphic, but they have quality video. It's not just YouTube videos. It's it's major production. So if they're not going to make use of it, I am. So nice. I appreciate that. And I'll continue spending a few dollars a day to keep the, keep the traffic going on that.
0: Sounds good. Jordan, uh, as always, a pleasure. We're running out of time, but I want to thank you once again for coming on. And don't forget, everybody, Jordan Scott Foul Ball uh, I'm sorry. FoulBallSafetyNow.com. Check out his website. Jordan, thanks for coming on. We really
3: appreciate it.
2: Thank you again, Brian.
3: This is the Injured List Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Are you interested in being a guest on the show? Or do you know someone who would make a good guest? Want Brian Scott to be on your show? If so, share the podcast with your friends or drop us a line and we will get back to you right away. Email us at theinjuredlist411 at gmail.com or visit our website at www.theinjuredlist.com.